Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, Managing Editor at Pop Sugar. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui, the Director of Audience Development at Pop Sugar. How are you doing, Zareen? I feel great. You know, it's, it's a nice 50 degrees in New York City. It's spring. Spring is here. It's not spring. Okay, but it's kind of spring. We're allowed. Let me dream. How are you doing? Well, you know, Celebrating the one-year anniversary of COVID. Oh, my God. So much to reflect on. What did you get her? So much. <laughs> you know, I got her this really great staycation. Oh, yeah? A new plant. Plants are good. Yeah, you know, just all the all the quarantine staples. No more banana bread? Remember that, remember that time of quarantine? I've moved on to banana bread. Poaching eggs is my new banana bread. But poaching eggs is your new banana bread? I don't yeah. know if that. Wow. You'll never need to leave your house ever again. Okay. So, Zareem, what's your not over it for the week? <clears throat> well, on a personal note, um, I'm not over this deranged man that was outside my building last night <laughs> screaming mm. um, at midnight. And it woke me up. And obviously, the first thing I did was send videos of it to my mother because, you know, that's always fun for my mom in suburban Texas to see what is happening outside her daughter's apartment in New York City in the middle of the night. Um, but he was screaming, I want money. And I thought that makes sense. And then my mom <laughs> told me that he's actually screaming lyrics to a song called Money uh, by Barrett Strong, which is a Motown classic. Um, so I just thought that was a fun little tidbit. But mostly I'm not over the fact that after wait, 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 wait. So what you're telling me is that you are committing character assassination because what you actually had was a charming troubadour who was serenading you <laughs> outside your window with an amazing song that resonates with all of us. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it really does. You had the gall to call him a deranged man. I mean, it was a little deranged. Just slight, just slightly deranged. Not, but... It, you're right. I should be more appreciative of the free show that I had since Broadway is closed. <laughs> <laughs> Street performance. Yeah, I'm so lucky. Hashtag blessed. On a, on a real note, I'm not over the fact that we've had, at this point, over a year to prep for award season amid COVID. And the Golden Globes were just still such a mess. It's just so exhausting to watch people on Zoom and the fact that we still haven't been able to get over technical glitches in 2021. I, I like at this point, my my grandparents are better at technology than the people running the Golden Globes or award shows in general. It's just like confusing to me. I couldn't believe that they almost cut 
off Daniel Kaluuya before he even got to give his speech as the first award of the night. <laughs> it was like but the my, worst way to start the show. They're just like, oh, and it was like, oh, he's muted because of course he is because someone's always muted. And then they were just like, okay, moving on. But I, I died when he started yelling like, don't do me dirty. Yeah. Like, wait. So He's like, no, 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 don't do me dirty. You did me dirty. You did me dirty. You did me dirty. You did me dirty. Am I on? Is this on? Is this on? Right, cool. Loved it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's as much as I look forward to kind of, you know, looking looking forward to these speeches and stuff. It's all just so exhausting. I'm so sick of people in their houses. I don't want to know. I don't want to see anyone's house anymore. I'm sick of looking at people through screens. Yeah, it reminded me of how last spring you were already talking about how you didn't need to see John Legend performing from home. The stars at home. Oh, my God. Novelty really has no. worn off so long ago. Yeah. Also, mostly there's a part of me that I'm like, wow, your house is you, you could have done so much. And this is what you choose to do. Like you have so much money and, and that's this is your decor. OK, sure. Well, the, the good news is although John is Legend's house is beautiful. Great house. Amazing pianos. Great kids. <laughs> Egots. I mean, John, EGOT lineup. John and Chrissy take any opportunity to invite us into their home. I feel like I live there. Yeah, no, I, we are a part of that family. I will say they did announce that for the Screen Actor Guild Award, Screen Actors Guild Awards. It's a hard one. They're only going to make the show an hour and they're going to pre-tape it, which wow, I think is look, genius. Look at Sags reading the room. That show is usually only two hours anyway, but they're going to pre-tape it so there won't be technical difficulties. They're going to keep oh, it. I love that for us. Fast and snappy. So we're not that lucky, but maybe the Oscars will also tighten it up. And there's no way. I don't have that much faith in the Oscars. But yeah, Becky, what are you not over this week? I recently watched this new Netflix show called Ginny and Georgia, which I know you've also started watching. Yes. Now... It's not that I expect certain things from Netflix. I think we all know that over time, Netflix has been sort of like a dumping ground for all types of content and whatever it is, they're just going to serve it to you and you will watch it. Beautiful garbage. Um, I'm probably in the target demographic for the show just in the fact that I like a good teen show and... You do. This show... <laughs> I mean, you still watch Riverdale. <laughs> Real? No, I know. I'm mostly laughing because... The thing about this show that I couldn't get past was how many teen issues they slam into this. No, yeah, show. it's excessive. And I don't, I don't know if it's because I haven't been a teenager in a long time, or just because you're binge watching it. But it just feels like you're getting whiplash with. Yeah. There's the standard, you know, you expect the sex and the drugs, but there's also parents divorcing, body image issues, self-harm, kids going viral on YouTube and dealing with celebrity fame. Like sending naked pictures to your boyfriend. It's just like, I have to get plan B. <laughs> so, so, then this is the first, I'm only on the third episode. <laughs> no, it, it escalates very quickly. Um, I think my favorite was when one of the characters reveals that they had a problem with Adderall for three years, but they talk about it as like something they overcome. Oh yeah. Like this, this guy stuck it out with me when I was on Adderall and total zombie for three years and then like goes into, you know, why Adderall is terrible. This, and this is maybe just like aging me, but at the same time, it reminded me of, remember Saved by the Bell? I'm so excited. She's like singing in her room. Pills, you mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them back, I have to Jesse, you can't sing tonight. Yes, I can. I'm so excited. 
Right, well, now, in 2020, she would have been on that for three years, I guess. Yeah, that's all it takes. She had to overcome that. I mean, she also had to overcome that to be a, a pop star. That that didn't pan out for them, but... Yeah, also fair. I'll keep watching it. I'm not going to stop, but... You should. It's a lot. I mean, Netflix is Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> you really can't. All right, well, now that we I got that off my chest, you got that off your chest... Let's get into the meat of today's episode. We are talking about Grey's Anatomy. Oh, wow. The past, the present, the future of television. (laughs) Truly. Grey's Anatomy is returning to TV this month after a long hiatus. And you know what that means? More dead characters visiting Meredith on the beach. God, I'm just so tired of that beach. The theme of this season, COVID might be over in Texas, but it's alive and well. (laughs) In Seattle. <laughs> I mean, real. Sorry if, sorry to this Texas. Sorry to the people of Texas. So much time has passed, and yet Meredith is still going to be in that hospital bed. I'm one of those people. My parents live in Texas, so I can say that. You can say that. Um, but we're not really here to talk about the COVID on Grey's Anatomy. No. We really are here to get into why people... And by people, I mean us, but also the larger population are still watching Grey's Anatomy after all these years. It's now in its 17th season. That's outrageous. It still has a huge fan base. It continues to amass new viewers who probably weren't even born when the show first started airing, thanks to Netflix. Once you pop. And (laughs) (laughs) even though we keep thinking that it's probably going to end soon. No. Now I really don't know. It's never going to end. So we're going to take a little time machine trip back into some of our favorite moments from Grey's Anatomy, the many people who have died, people who maybe should have died on the show. Um, and, you know, just just examine why people are still going back to, I was going to say Seattle Grace, but it's... Uh, Sloan, Grace Sloan Memorial? You got it. After all these years. After all these years. So the first episode premiered in 2005, which was a completely different world, basically. And so many things were so different. George Bush was our president. Tom Cruise jumped on a couch in 2005. Other shows that premiered that year were How I Met Your Mother, The Office, Weeds. Like those shows have been off the air for a million years. Um, Also, Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore got married in 2005. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Destiny's Child broke up in 2005. Wow. We had ringback tones in 2005. Wow. Uh, Jessica Simpson filed for divorce from Nick Lachey in 2005. Okay. I think we got the idea. So it was-, it was just a very different, it was a very different world. And I feel like as much as I want to keep hating this show, it's like every time I watch it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm still watching this trash. And here I am still hooked. Like I still care what happens to the characters, even though I wish I didn't. Well, I think some of it for me is that I just keep assuming that the end must be near. So it's like I've <laughs> right. You've held on so long. I've stuck it out this long. Like, why? Why would I stop now? I, you know, I need to see what happens. But I've thought that for like probably the past five years. And now I'm just not so sure. Yeah, I don't think this show is ever going to end. Well, also, Ellen Pompeo has, I think now in interviews, she has made it seem more like it's heading towards the end. But a lot of times she's like, why would I ever quit this job? I, right. you know, make a crap ton of money and. It's like regular nine to five. So let's talk a little bit about the beginning. Our 
early journeys with Grey's Anatomy. What, when did you start watching Grey's Anatomy? Um, when it premiered, probably the first season, towards like the end of the first season, I think my mom watched it when we had TiVo. <laughs> my parents and still the, have TiVo. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. And I remember I was watching, I was a freshman in high school. And I remember watching the show. My mom was like, you're not old enough to watch this. And it was like, because there's all the doctors just sleeping with each other. Nothing else was happening. There was no like surgery involved. Everyone was just having sex. So anyways, I continued to watch it. And I was like, wow, this is so iconic. And then I was like, I want to be part of the game. I want to be a surgical intern. I want to live this life. I'm moving to Seattle. And then I just fell in love with every character, like pretty soon, except for Izzy. I think I, I've always hated Izzy. But aside from that, I think early on, I really liked like every character, even the ones that we were supposed to hate. Like Alex? Yeah, like I thought he was a great bad guy. It was fun to hate him, you know? Yeah, so I did not watch the show when it started, but I remember everyone talking about it. So then it was like, ooh, you got to watch this show. And this was one of the first shows that I binge watched on DVD, like this, because this was like around the time when they started releasing entire seasons of DVD. But I binge watched on DVD on Netflix, like when Netflix used to send you, like mail you the DVDs in the oh mail. So you would get like episodes one through four. And then you'd have to send it back and wait for the next one to come. And I remember being so eager for the next disc to come because you you will want to see what happened in episodes like five, six or seven. So I think the first two seasons, because I remember the, all the Denny stuff and the Chris O'Donnell. Remember the veterinarian? Oh, my God. The hot vet. Yeah. Also, Robin. How could you forget? He was Robin and Batman Robin. Oh, <laughs> iconic. Amongst iconic. other things. So that's how... Th- I came to the show. So 17 years, there's too much to unpack here to really go over every single thing that happened. But there's certain things on this show that really stand out in your mind when you think about like ridiculous or episodes that really affected you or deaths that really affected you. So in the interest of saving time, we both gathered our top three, like most affecting moments of Grey's Anatomy. It was really hard to narrow it down. And to be honest, yeah. I have not rewatched the show really at all. So I've forgotten about a lot of stuff. Um, but I was able to narrow it down to three things that really, like I still think about for one reason or another. So I'll let you go first, but I want you to rank them. So let's go oh, from oh, like I need to rank them to greatest. Yeah. Wait, least to greatest? Yeah, we're going to build up to the number one. I like to start off strong, but okay. Well, the first least out of my top three, I don't know what's going on, but Alex's storyline with the Jane Doe, which oh yeah, I don't remember what season that was, but that was like, it started off so strong and I was like, oh, this is like a very interesting twist and whatever. And then it morphed into the most bizarre thing where she had like a family and like all this other stuff. And she was like, she came and lived with him for a while. It was like, it was like a classic Grey's like storyline where it like starts so strong and you're like, oh, this is like very well thought out. And like, there's a lot of surprises happening. And then it's just like complete chaos. I had a similar, somewhat opposite journey though, because I found her like mangled face to be so hard to look at. So that as her face got progressively better, that got better for me. But I do otherwise agree. Also, her name is Rebecca. I swear to God, every character... Except for This Is Us, I guess. Every character named Rebecca or Becky on TV is always like, there's something wrong with them. It's oh, really sorry sad. to these it's, Beckys. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard out here for Becky for many reasons. At least you have good hair. Thank you. <laughs> My number three is actually directly related to that because... Oh. Wasn't she in the ferry accident? 
Isn't that how she came into our lives? In the big fairy crash? Oh, yeah. She was like part of all the mangled ones. Yeah. So my number three was when Meredith gets thrown off the ferry dock into the water. (laughs) And then decides to hang out there. (laughs) Yes. And then decides to like maybe just let herself drown. And then also is revisited. Like all the dead people who have come back to life and... I don't, you probably have Denny on your list. I didn't even put Denny on my list because I feel like it's been talked about so much that I I don't even think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, everyone knows that, you know, Denny, the ghost sex, all of that. But I was just like, this is so stupid. And then since then, she's like had like 45 more near-death experiences as as everyone else. Yeah, but that was also like deep into the portion of I Felt Like Grey's where they kept like really going in on like, Oh, Meredith is dark and twisty. She's so dark and twisty. But like everyone loves her and all these guys keep falling in love with her, even though she's dark and twisty. And I was like, okay, what is this? Like, I don't understand what the point of this was where she was like, well, I thought about it, but then I decided to come back up. Right. It was like like, something going on. Like, should we dive into this a little bit more? But it was like, I feel like it was also brushed over, which I thought was weird. Yeah, it was, but not for me. It lives rent free in my mind. Okay, so because we're building up to the top two, I think let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll unleash the more intense moments of Grey's Anatomy. Let's do it. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. We are back and ready to dive into our second moment for about Grey's Anatomy. I, these are, rankings are a little bit off to me because I'm getting confused now, but basically we're building up to our top. No, I don't know why this is so confusing. It's like a countdown. Like, you know, when you watch oh, the best, okay. the best like- music videos of all time, you count down to number one. You don't start with the best one. Then who would stay around for number 100? Oh, see, I give everything. I give everything all at once, which is probably not a great strategy, but that's fine. Okay. My second moment is something that infuriates me to this day because it also cut down on a storyline that I wish we got more time with. It was Mark, the introduction of Mark Sloan's daughter. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Named Sloan Riley. Wait, I remember nothing. I remember she was played by Levin Rambin and she was very annoying. Came in all, yeah, full like chaotic tornado. Right when Mark and Lexi were like finally getting their shit together. And she's like, mm, I'm here, daddy, and I'm pregnant. And we're like, what the? F-? And was like outrageous. Also, Mark's entire life is just surrounded by 
getting people pregnant or like pregnant people being around him. I feel like that was him and like the writers didn't know what else to do to just stall him and Lexi. So it was like, oh, your daughter's here. She's pregnant. Oh, now you got Callie Torres pregnant. So you can't be together. It was like one after another. But that entire thing was so obnoxious to me. I feel like they took up an entire season with the storyline of this person that no one cared about and was just annoying on screen. And then she like decided to give up the baby, even though he got all this shit for the baby, which he was like so excited to be like a hot grandpa. She was like, just kidding. I don't want the baby. I'm leaving. Okay, bye. You're like, what? I 100% I should rewatch the show. It's like I've never seen it before. I don't remember. I barely remember that. Yeah. And that's what caused Lexi to go to Jackson. Lexi and Jackson were on the show at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, they dated. They dated for a while. But that entire thing was just obnoxious to me. Just her coming, his daughter coming in and ruining everything for Mark and Lexi and then just leaving. And we had wasted an entire season on that bullshit. Okay, wait. Speaking of Mark Sloan, do you remember that time you felt very passionately that that actor... Should have won, should have been nominated for an Emmy for his role on Euphoria, except you kept referring to him as Mark Dane instead of Eric Dane. (laughs) I think I might have a a clip of that here that we can share with everyone. I think um, Mark Dane, that's his name, who played the father on Euphoria, McSteamy, he wasn't nominated for anything. Wait, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. What? Did you suggest his name was Mark Dane? Okay. No, his name's Eric Dane. Wow, his okay. character's name was Mark Sloan on great on a different show than the one you're talking about. So you understand what I was saying, right? That's the yeah. Point. But now you're you're introducing a conversation about Eric Dane, who was not nominated for an Emmy, into this conversation. Okay. To be fair, I think I was just think there's a lot happening upstairs, and I was just getting my wires crossed a little bit, so that's why I got confused. Mark Sloan, Eric Dane, easy to, I mean, they're both very simple names. So I do feel like it's easy to get it. Whatever. I don't care. You knew what I was talking about. That's fine. Could you tell me his character's name on Euphoria? The dad? <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, my. Number two was the musical episode. <laughs> I almost thought that was like so, so awful. I mean, obviously the show is obsessed with like, what happens when you're on the brink of death and what do you see? And, you know, I guess now I'm seeing a running pattern with my moments, but um, and Callie and Arizona are in the car crash and oh, I forgot Callie's that. unconscious, which means she hears everyone singing such hits as how to save a life and chasing cars and breathe. You don't have to do this. I know you hate me. I don't hate you. And breathe. <laughs> Just breathe. Sarah Ramirez, who played Callie, like won a Tony Award and was on Broadway, so she could actually sing, but most of the other ones sounded like trash and it was so painful. No, it was like the most awkward episode. I watched that with like both hands over my eyes, just like peeking in like I was watching a scary movie. Like, it was it really yet? just like a moment where they're like, we can do whatever we want and you'll and deal with it. it. <laughs> I hate it. While that someone's on the brink of death. Okay. I know. 
<laughs> sorry, I really brought down. Sorry, I really brought down the energy there. Um, okay, now we're at number one. Okay, this is one that I feel so passionately about because I, I just wait. feel like no one talks about it because most people forget. I'm sure you won't even remember. But do you remember in season seven and eight when Definitely we were introduced to Doctor Bailey dating hot nurse Eli? Oh yes, hundred percent remember that. He was played by Daniel Sanjata. I don't know if I said that correctly, but I hope I did. He's a very, very attractive man. First of all, he was offensively attractive. Second of all, I just feel like she just ended things with him because it was too complicated, which was mostly because he was a nurse. And during this pandemic, I will not stand for nurse slander. It was just outrageous. But also, I feel like that's a running theme in the show where they just insult nurses a lot because they're surgical like residents and also bailey ended things with him because it would be too complicated because she was whatever a general surgeon which like whatever you're you're not even that cool and then ended up marrying ben who is now a firefighter i mean (laughs) did you you should just make the existence of station 19 your number one moment (laughs) yeah truly that show is what wrecked my whole life anyway that's my number one moment bring daniel sanjata back i want him back we need Hot Nurse Eli back in the mix. Interesting choices. I mean, it's just stuff that I like care about. I was just like so into him. So like, specific. If Ben turned into a firefighter, Hot Nurse Eli could have ended up becoming a cardiovascular surgeon. You don't know. Okay. I think in the end, you probably picked more like Grey's Anatomy super fans. And I picked more well broad I, things I, I did find the cd that i bought a hundred years ago this weekend when i was cleaning my room the soundtrack to season two iconic what was on there what is on here the fray how to save a life iconic casey tunstall i feel like a lot of this i mean they have chasing cars from snow patrol which is probably the reason why i bought the cd <laughs> of course <laughs> which is like the most important song but Season two has all the original characters on the, there's no, there's no Callie on here. It's like when the show was more pure. I really don't like Callie. I, I'm sure Sarah Ramirez is wonderful. I just don't, I hate Callie a lot. Well, she's gone now. Okay. Well, my number one was the two hour hospital shooter episode. That was pretty much like a full on horror movie where this guy I think his wife died during surgery and Derek was responsible and he came into the hospital with a gun with intention to murder Derek and he murders like two or three other doctors who were part of that new class that Jack came in with Jackson. Mercy and, West. They came in yep, from Mercy yep. West. The and orange scrubs. He like drags Bailey out from underneath a bed and I... Oh God, yeah, it was like really triggering. It was so intense like yeah, i was very very uh, triggered like aggressively intense like i remember my whole body was like tensed up and then for some reason i did not realize that was a two-hour episode it was definitely two hours because i remember i used to write recaps for pop sugar and i had to recap that episode and how fun for you i know it was, but i was like traumatized like every commercial break i remember thinking like oh thank god there's a commercial break because this is so much i can't handle it and then at the end, Meredith has a miscarriage, like in the middle of the surgery. I was very traumatized by that whole entire thing, and I still think about a lot how disturbing it was and upset. That is always happening when they're like 
performing surgery because when Yang also had her miscarriage, remember she fainted and Burke was like performing surgery and he was like, someone check on Yang, someone check on Yang. Get a gurney in here. Christina? Christina, we've got it. Dr. Burke, we've got it. All right, talk to me. Tiffin. What do we know? What do we know? Talk to me, Stevens. I don't know. I'm also like 99% sure the episode was called Death and All His Friends. That sounds awful. Oh my God. The, the the musical episode was called How to Save a Life. Yeah, of course. Well, every every um episode is named after a song. What was the bomb episode called? I mean, I don't remember every single one. Well, that was just like an iconic one, I thought. So we, I thought we'd know. Interesting choices. I feel like yours were more mainstream, but still not like the most mainstream. Like, I feel like if no. you didn't choose the Denny thing, it's not mainstream, you know? I think my thing with the Denny situation was I'm fairly positive that because I started watching this show in season after those seasons aired, I think I already knew that that was going to happen. I also just feel like it's been talked about to death and like ghost Denny. I mean, we also didn't talk about George dying, which was like really disturbing. The oh elevator. God, yeah. Like I'm going to leave his hospital only to come back as a patient. <laughs> his face is also mangled. Didn't, Izzy's waiting from the elevator. You don't know who's getting on the elevator, who's getting off the elevator. That's going. That was one of the moments that, of like Grey's though, where you were just like, "What the fuck is going to happen? I need this. Ep- I need this next episode now." Injected into my veins, and now I just like there's nothing about the show that I. No, now there's literally no one on the show that they could kill that I would be upset about. It's like, what's Amelia going to name her baby with Link? Like, who gives a fuck? I don't care. Like. <laughs> Introduce new people or kill them all. You weren't dying to know what was going to become of Dr. DeLuca and his mental health issues? Oh my God, I truly could. As as your cousin texted you, I don't know what's happening with the Italian, but I hope he's leaving. That's exactly how I feel. No, he can't leave. The young ones can't leave. Is he young? Comparatively. I guess the like newest interns are the youngest, or I don't know what rank they are anymore. All right, um, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk about the rudest departures versus the departures that just were not rude enough on Grace. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Okay. Speaking of people leaving, it would not be a robust Grey's Anatomy discussion if we did not talk about the the many departures, whether it was by death or other ways, from the show that have happened over the years. So 
I'd like in this segment to talk a little bit about the deaths that we thought were the rudest and then ones that we felt like weren't rude enough. Like we hated that character and I wouldn't have minded if they had something a little more traumatic happen. So in the spirit of you enjoying going for the best parts first, let's talk about the rudest first. First, the rudest obviously for me was Henry Burton, a.k.a. Scott Foley. (laughs) That was the rudest. I, well, I mean... Aside from, like, the obvious of, like, Derek, of course, but, like, a character that we all, I feel like, it's it's hard in Grey's Anatomy to come in as a new character and then have everyone, like, fall in love with you. And I feel like the power of Scott Foley, of course, how could you not? He does, he's just, like, a magician. But I feel like we got so invested in him. The magician. <laughs> yes, and you just love him and everything. Like, I remember I wanted to stop watching Scandal, and then he came and I was like, well, now I gotta watch this until he leaves. And I did. Anyway, his storyline was introduced because of uh, Teddy Altman, who marries him for health insurance. Dark. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Dark. Real dark. Um, and then he's like doing all well. And he's like, I'm going to become a doctor. And then he just starts throwing up blood and he's gone. I, I forgot about this, but I too was very affected and upset about this at the time. It was just so out of nowhere. Like she was doing so well. They were falling in love and he was going to become a doctor. And then I was like, oh, great. Now he'll be in the hospital, too. It'll be so fun nope and he's just like making dinner and starts like vomiting blood and it was like all within like an hour there was something else happening in that episode too where i think she was performing surgery on someone else and then weber didn't tell her that her husband was like dying in another room oh yeah that happens a lot there's a lot of like withholding information to get them to perform the surgery they need like meredith and a miscarriage oh yeah and like bailey giving birth during the bomb episode Oh, Owen. Owen didn't tell her. Fucking Owen. Asshole. But I wonder what the the time lapse is between when he was on Grey's Anatomy and when he was on Scandal. Like, did they kill him off this so they could put him on Scandal? Oh, probably both Shondaland shows, so does Or did she put him on Scandal as an apology for killing him off Grey's Anatomy? Interesting point. Interesting point. Think about that. Our producers don't want us to blame Chief. Okay. It was Owen who didn't tell Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) Never blame Chief. I mean, George was like very rude, but my rudest death, I think, was Mark because they have a ridiculous plane crash and then they kill Lexi, which is like rude in and of itself. Then they make you, the episode ends and Mark's still alive and they make you wait the entire hiatus. And then when this episode starts the following year, he's alive. And then he dies throughout the course of that episode after waiting this whole entire time. And that, I just thought, was an attack. Yeah, that was very dark and rude. Also, I just feel like Lexi and Mark just never got justice. They deserved more. You and me, we're going to have the best life, Lexi, you and me. We're going to be so happy. So you can't die, okay? You can't die. I also just feel like they couldn't let one member of Meredith's family survive. (laughs) No, she is the only member that gets to survive. It's really dark. She's the only one that gets to survive. I guess her children. She has other sisters, too. Well, they introduced a new sister for her after her first sister died. And then I guess Lexi had another sister, though. She doesn't know. Yeah, no, never thatcher like comes in in season one i'm on the episode now she's like oh have you met your sister and it's a different one 
And then they talk about Lexi, who is like nowhere to be seen. So they kind of set her up in like the second season also. But she definitely has like two more sisters that are just like lurking around out there. Okay. Who else is on your list of rudest death? <laughs> I keep picking people that like didn't. I know this is like very recent, but I was so excited when we had Scott Speedman in, a, in an episode for like oh, an I was hour. Too. And I was like, oh my God, a hot guy. I'm so excited. He's so cute. I love him. And then he was like gone within like two episodes, which I just thought was so rude. He didn't die, I don't think. But are you deeply obsessed with Felicity? Because you picked the two. I know. Yeah, I, know. I, I, I like realized that. <laughs> I realized I love me some Ben, but. I was just like more upset because I, it was finally like a new character I was excited about. And maybe like the nostalgia helps too. But I thought that was also rude because they kind of brought him on. Like they had commercials about him. Like he was a new character that they had commercials about. And then it was just like, no, he's leaving. He's not here for that long. Well, and they replaced him with that bald guy. The Irish name, man. With name, I don't even know. He's here now though. Oh yeah, he's here to stay. His whole family's dead, I think. He's, he's oh, like, yeah. he's no, like dark. No, no, no. His children aren't dead, just his wife. Oh. I just assume everyone that they try to pair Meredith with long term is like also dark and twisty. Well, speaking of rude departures that weren't actual death, the way that they wrote off um Justin Chambers, Alex Grev, and oh, last season so was so obnoxious. So clearly something happened behind the scenes where he had to be escorted off the show immediately because they wrote what? him off very abruptly in the middle of the season. And he is an original cast member of the show. No original cast member of a show leaves the show after 17 years no. with no strong reason and no he warning. Wasn't even and in the episode. Like, that was no, the that's what I'm saying. Like they don't even have a send off. They can only get you a for a voiceover. So that might be like the biggest mystery of we'll never know what really happened there. But I think they thought that fans were going to love getting him and Izzy. Like it seemed yeah. like, like fan fiction of he leaves Joe to go with Izzy who we don't see. So we don't see either of them. Catherine Heigl doesn't come back. You don't see them. You learned it all in a letter. Yeah. And who's reading that letter? Alex. They did. They got him to do the voiceover. I don't know what kind of deal. Oh, yeah. struck with him. <laughs> but, yeah. And I think if they had footage, with Katherine Heigl, I might have been more accepting of it, even though it's ridiculous. The entire thing was ridiculous. It was like, oh, Izzy had your babies, actually. And he was like, like here are your twins. Right. And he was <laughs> and like, then you have like these weird, like, turns images out I... of the kids running around, like, on a swing. I'm like, what? Are we in, like, a Nicholas Sparks movie now? Yeah, they were able to get those actors. And he's like, of course, I'm still in love with you, despite being very married to someone else and <laughs> being very married. I will just leave her via letter and never return. It is very like, Nicholas Sparksy actually now that you pointed out. Yeah, those images I was just like am I watching the notebook like what's going on? I don't it's understand. like 1800s vibes. It just was terrible and I hope that someday No, also because I don't think their fans actually I think fans wanted Izzy and Alex to stick around when she wasn't like awful, but like when she left him like that, I think people were like that was fucked up and we don't want her also she's left so long ago now that I, I just don't think there wasn't really any like enjoyment from that and yeah i was actually okay yeah i was gonna what? go into uh, well that this is just gonna go into the next time of like not rude enough like i felt like because i didn't like her i i thought the tumor was gonna take her and it didn't and i was like god damn it the ones that i no, wanted to die you wanted her to die <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And also would have prevented this awful storyline of Alex being like, look at me and my new life that I discovered in 48 hours with my twins. (laughs) It's like, what? Well, that ties into the rude death of George. Where, yeah. Because the two of them were going through a near death experience at the same time that they killed George. And this was like one of the first major characters who died. It's also interesting that they didn't kill off Isaiah Washington, who was fired from the show. They didn't kill his character. And I actually thought his exit was a really great moment. I mean, it's horrible, but he leaves Christina at the altar. And um, so cold. It feels, yeah, but like it was, it made sense. I mean, you were sad to lose that character, even though the actor was a jerk. And clearly they've made some sort of amends with him because he has reappeared in the show since then. But he hates Catherine Heigl. Isaiah Washington. (laughs) She has not returned. And... Speaking of people who returned, like the the death of Derek was very rude. It was like jarring and like unnecessary. I was like, why can't we just send him somewhere? Like he got a job as chief of staff, whatever, like medical, whatever he was going to do for the White House. They could have just sent him there. Because I think that they felt like emotionally for Meredith, it was like they didn't want to make him into like a deadbeat husband. So he died nobly by the side of the road texting in the middle of the road like a although not idiot. really actually because he the implication was that he could have survived in the hospital but the doctors oh, yeah. were too incompetent because he he could have owned the only doctor that could have saved him was himself that's true true he's the best neurosurgeon in the whole world yeah that entire thing i just don't feel like they needed to kill him off but it sounded like again behind the scenes it was like tumultuous whatever was happening and they were like get rid of him it yeah. felt like abrupt. It was too much. It was just too much like Meredith dying and not dying and dying again and not dying and then everyone else dying. And it's like, why would anyone continue to live in Seattle? Only horrible <laughs> things happen there. Yeah. It's like a 17 year long disaster movie where only the worst things in the world happen to people. Grey's Anatomy could be just like the day after tomorrow, except make it a series. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like they felt the need to include COVID. And I'm like, I'm sure a worse pandemic has already happened on the show. Right. Yeah. Also, fair. They've everything had people, else. They've had people quarantined on that show. Like this person's in the glass box. We can't go oh, yeah, in they there. Have. They've had. They've it's had definitely everything. happened. Okay, we can um, talk about the not rude enough ones. But I did have throw... one last rude one that like okay. is short, but I just and I don't care about this person at all. But I just thought it was really rude the way that he died. That like one of the random people that came from the Mercy West Hospital. And this is also during the shooting episode that you described, but like, I don't even remember this character's name, but that like big guy that was like a jerk. They tried to make him like a JV version of Alex when he was coming on. Wasn't his oh, name yeah, Percy? Percy? Yeah, his name yeah. was Percy. But he just got shot in the head and they just he just left him there. Like his death was like so abrupt and quick and it, it was just like, oh, okay, he's done now. I just thought that was rude. I mean, I don't, I don't need any justice, but I just was like, damn, that's cold. Yeah, that's how I felt about when they electrocuted Tina Majorino. Oh my god, yeah, that was really sad. Remember, it was like, there was water I in the totally basement, and she straight yeah. up got electrocuted. As you do, you know, working in a hospital has so many occupational hazards. <laughs> Apparently. You never yeah. know when you might get especially. pushed off the ferry dock, or electrocuted, or... Well, especially at Gro- Gray Sloan Memorial. I liked it better as Seattle Grace. I know why they did the rename, but it'll all be Seattle Grace to me. Well, isn't it now, isn't it now, like brought to you by jackson avery or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah just call the hospital jackson avery like jackson avery and his five friends own the hospital 
Yeah. Jackson being rich is just like his that's his only storyline at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. Just call it Jackson Avery Hospital. Okay, what about the departures that you felt like weren't rude enough? Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. I felt like uh, Arizona and Cali, I don't even really remember how they left. It was well, Cali, Cali. Cali's daughter decided she needed to move to New York or something. And then Cali yeah, was Cali's like... eight-year-old daughter was like, Mom. And she was Seattle like, is not okay, the place we're leaving and we're not going to let your other mom come or something. It was really stupid. Well, Cali, or Arizona just hated Callie because she was like, you amputated my leg and made me into a cripple and now I hate you forever. I'll never forgive you for this. And Callie was like, okay, but I saved your life. And Arizona was like, no, you took away my leg. I'll never talk to you again. And now they don't even talk about the fucking leg. Well, I guess she's not there anymore. But that was like the whole premise of an entire like season where she was like, I love you. And she's like, don't look at me. You chopped off my leg. I mean, I wouldn't look at you if you chopped off my leg, to be fair. If it was to save your life, if you died or you had to keep your leg, like, I'm sorry, I'm you're losing that leg every time. Well, I don't know. How much singing did you do while you were chopping off my leg? Zero. No singing was involved. Well, then I'm going to have to say no. You couldn't even sing for my leg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, their entire departure was very unceremonious and it made no sense. And I felt like it could have been a little better. Yeah, I I also just what characters that I don't like, I like for them to die on the show so there's no chance of them returning. <laughs> like who? Like Callie. Like oh, Callie yeah. Should, Callie should have died a long time ago. You know who else I, I would like to order a rude ending for? Owen. <laughs> oh my god, literally every every episode I'm like, hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is it. Nope. I mean, He's now, now that it's been, become made clear that like Teddy only sort of still cares about him like truly no one cares about him on that show anymore. maybe he's so just what's gonna he still now? doing there i think maybe he'll enlist back in and go do army things I mean, you know what if one of them's gonna die of covid i hope it's him owen i feel like they could send him away on a new journey at this point easily he's someone that needs to he should have been gone a long time ago he would have never entered had burke not left i think because ever since burke left they couldn't figure out what to do with christina I feel like where I'm like, she doesn't need a man. She's smarter than all of them. Well, and she did eventually go back to Burke. So sort of. No, she didn't. He just yes, got her. He job. got her the job in Switzerland. But I'm just saying he played an instrumental role in her departure. Yeah, whatever. Fuck Burke. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, not rude enough. Do you remember Erica Hahn? Yeah, she looks like a cabbage patch doll. Yeah. No shade. No shade. Erica, she really did. Oh my god, she was awful. She came in just to ruin Christina's life, and then she dated Callie. Did she have like some nickname? <laughs> yeah, Cabbage Doctor Cabbage. No, no. no, remember how someone was like Cardio God? They're like the Nazi. Well, yeah, yeah. Christina like really wanted to learn from her. No, the Nazi was Bailey. No, I know, but I'm saying, did she have a similar nickname? She wasn't Cardio God either. Wasn't Isaiah Washington Cardio God? Someone was Cardio God. She, oh, I don't know who was Cardio God, but I don't think it was her. Although she was in, no, she was she, a cardio, she was a cardio person. Anyway, Christina just really wanted to learn from her and she was just such a dick about it all the time for no reason. It felt really rude. And then she just wait, left. Teddy, Teddy's Cardio God. Teddy's dumbass is Cardio God. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine Teddy teaching Christina anything? Get I guess multiple I guess multiple people held the title of Cardio God. It's always going to be Christina Yang to me. 
Anyway. And Burke season one and two, of course, but you know, he's trash now, so it's fine. But yeah, Erica Hahn for me, I really wanted her to have like a slow, painful death. That would have been great. But how did she leave? I don't remember. She just left because she was like mad at the hospital because they didn't fire Izzy after she cut Denny's LVAD, which happened 100 years before she was even there. Like, you weren't even in the room. I mean, to be honest, more people should be mad at this hospital. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, but not Dr. Cabbage Patch. I don't care what she thinks. That okay. Was for me. That was not rude enough for sure. That's all I. I think I'm. I'm ready to, to wrap up. Do you have final thoughts? You know, I just want to send like energy out into the Grey's Anatomy universe that this will be the last time we see Owen soon. That's just what I want to put out. I think that's it. I thought you were gonna say you're hoping this is the last season. I mean, yeah, I will. Either would do, at this point for me. Either make it the last season or just get rid of Owen helpful either way okay i have a burning question for you to end the episode my question for you is you have to choose between two medical conditions that would get you to the hospital at seattle grace okay great your options are a getting mauled by a lion excellent or b accidentally shooting yourself with a bazooka what level level of mauled am I? Like, where's the mauling primarily taking place? Like, my face? Well, there's, like, a escaped lion from the Seattle Zoo. That has- like, I was mauled on the streets? Yeah, like, you were just getting your coffee. Wow. And this lion was like, sup? Okay, but, like, was I, like, mauled mostly on my leg? Or what's the extent of my no. mauling? No, I, I'm not giving you that information. Why not? That's no. key. No. Okay, I'll, t- I'll, take the the can... baz- I'll take the bazooka. What? The bazooka right. has not gone off. Right. There you go. There's a chance it never will. Oh, that's and, the, and the other one, I've been mauled. I can never drink coffee again. I'm deeply traumatized. And also, I can't trust the entire zoo system. No, this is the wrong choice. I respect it, but it's wrong. The The point of this game is there is no right or wrong. Okay. There's always a We're right done wrong. with this conversation. DJ what play How to Save a Life. No, what? Get out of here. DJ played Chasing Cars. You can't do that. It's my no. turn to choose. No. Who do you think you no. are? I no. had to get mauled by a lion and get shot by a bazooka. Yeah, but, and you, you still made the I wrong get to choice. choose. I get to choose. You made the wrong choice. Mm-mm. Sorry. No. Chasing Cars is already playing in the background. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Have something to share? Email us at notoverit@popsugar.com. Not Over It is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch, and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.